to the green tea. We're here with Lizzie, Miss Armstrong, Tyler, Hannah, and Jad. Today we're going to be talking about food insecurity. So should we start with our question of the day? Yes. Sure. It is. Okay. So what do we think the percent of food insecurity? And we're going to talk about Plymouth County. What do we think the percentage is of food insecurity? 4%. Okay. Like what percent of food insecure? Yes. Um, well, Massachusetts is like like a wealthy state comparatively to the rest of the country. So I think it was lower than like the rest of the country. So I'm going to go with like 30%. Okay. Anyone else have a guess? I'll go with 36%. Ooh, Zach Webb has just wow. joined us. Zach, <laughs> Zach Webb. Webb has entered the building. All right. Next, we're going to get into our community weekly update. So let's start it off with a water bottle count. We have so far for our hydration station... 14,602. Nice. So over this past weekend, some of us traveled. (laughs) Didn't really travel. Miss Armstrong drove. To an Envirothon, like a mock Envirothon thing. Workshop mock Envirothon. And it was at this place called Alden Labs, which is a very famous hydraulics lab. And we got to hear about a lot of cool stuff that they did. With like hydro- hydraulic pumps and things like that. It was very interesting. And we practiced our Envirothon skills, which was great. Did you learn anything about food insecurity while you were there? So when we were there, we got to talk to the other teams from schools that are going to the marathon about like their projects and what they're, they're doing for the current issue, which was kind of interesting to hear. It gave us a little bit like insight to what everyone else is doing, gave us some ideas. So that was cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think you guys totally rocked the soil portion of the <laughs> uh, mock environment. We love a good soil pit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another community update thing, if you will. The Travel Club is going to Europe over April vacation. So me, Tyler, and Lizzie are going to Europe. We are very excited. We're going to Vienna, Prague, Munich and Zurich, mm-hmm. and it's going to be so much fun. And stay tuned because we'll give you a little update on it next week or two weeks, whenever we film another episode. What's the green tea? What's the green tea? What's the green tea? What's the tea? This week's tea is from Celestial Seasonings. Celestial Seasonings is based out of Boulder, Colorado, um, and it's a place that I've actually been to visit. Um, you can go and visit where they blend their teas together. Um, their teas are herbal teas, meaning that they don't actually contain tea. It's just a combination of different flowers and such um, that are blended together to make tea. And this week's tea is Bengal Spice. Um, in honor of the March Mammal Madness, of the Bengal Tiger winning, we are drinking Bengal Spice tea. And in this tea is... Um, Cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, and cloves. So it has like a nice little spice to it, but it kind of is a little bit mellow at the same time. I very much enjoy this tea. It's one that I drink often um, while I'm teaching. What do you guys think? I love this tea. It's awesome. (laughs) I'm a fan of Bengal spice. I can really taste the tiger. (laughs) Um, It's definitely one when I do brew it, when people walk in, they're 
they always ask, oh, what's that smell? It smells so good. Um, so go out and get yourself some Bengal spice tea. And this is not sponsored by Celestial Seasonings. But if Celestial Seasonings wants to sponsor us, have at it. Hashtag not sponsored. All right. That's the green tea. If I ever did hear it. All right. Now we're going to jump into our main topic of food insecurity. Hannah's going to hit you with the definition. Okay, yeah. So when we talk about food insecurity, I feel like it's not a like a commonly known definition, if you will. Like hunger. Like everybody knows what hunger means. Yeah. Food insecurity. So a household level economic and social condition of limited or uncertain access to adequate food. Yes. And it's different from hunger in the sense that hunger is more individual level and that's psychological and physical conditions. That result from food insecurity. Mm -hmm. So we can think of food insecurity as the cause of hunger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the U.S., food insecurity over the past few years has actually decreased, which is a good oh. thing. I mean, overall, as like a country statistic, it has decreased slightly, not significantly. Mm -hmm. But in 2016, 12.3% of U.S. households were food insecure. Oh. <laughs> My guess for the question uh of the day is definitely way off. <laughs> And when we look at food insecurity, we see that, like, there are certain char characteristics of households and household situations that lead to greater instances of food insecurity. So, with um, the characteristics that Hannah was talking about, um, it's really important to, like, start to understand these, like, circumstances within certain households so we can try to start fixing them. Oh, one thing that we've seen, at least... Um, that you can see in the community one way to look at the food insecurity is the amount of free and reduced lunch mm -hmm. lunches that we see like being given out at school um in particular in rockland we have a relatively high percentage of free and reduced lunch which is about 50 percent roughly so like half of our school gets free or reduced lunch yes and to qualify for free and reduced lunch that comes from low income families mm -hmm. and when we look at food insecurity there's a the direct correlation yeah. between low income and rates of food insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so that says something about beyond the school district, the income situations in Rockland. Mm -hmm. And we are a tier one school, which means we have high low income rates, which obviously means we have high food yeah. insecurity. And we've kind of, through Envirothon, been like exploring this issue because it's a lot harder than food waste where food waste we can just look at like look at yeah. it physically but food insecurity sometimes it's something that you don't necessarily mm -hmm. see because you there's no physical way to really see it yeah. unless say go to the food pantry or help out at um like hung or food drives or stuff like that yeah. that's a big number 50 percent mm -hmm. and that's just like a rough estimate and this is from our adjustment counselor right yes shout out to miss Leahy. she is so awesome <laughs> So, 50% of kids in our school get free or reduced lunch. I wonder what the rate is across the state. Yeah. And I feel like where the wealth, we'll say, like, the amount of wealth varies from parts of Massachusetts. Yeah. I wonder how that, like, amount of wealth and the resources in that community will, would change the amount of food insecurity, mm -hmm. per se. Still looking at food insecurity, we can look at it as a whole and how the issue of food insecurity affects the individuals 
who are food insecure. It goes sometimes even beyond just not being able to purchase the food. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier, the food insecurity leads to hunger. Mm-hmm. And hunger leads to things that affect our mental health, our physical health, things like that, which is scary to think about when we're just talking about free and reduced lunch, mm-hmm. that it can lead down to that. The people who are like food secure are generally like low income people who can't afford mm-hmm. get nutritious food. So they're suffering from like malnutrition, mm-hmm. malnourishment. So now they have to choose between like either getting medical care or like buying enough food for the week. So it kind of creates like a yeah, like a feedback loop between enough like nutritious food for that yeah, week. Because... Like not having food mm-hmm. and then getting like a specific disease attached to malnourishment and stuff like that. And I think that's a whole nother area to look into. Like Lizzie said, the issue of when you don't have an adequate amount of money to buy healthy, nutritious food, mm-hmm. you suffer from that. And the food that's available, often the cheapest food that's available is the least healthy for yeah. people. It has the least amount of nutritional value. Um, here we have a stat. Plymouth County average meal cost $3.47. That's like... What meal can you get for $3.50? But that's like the average. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can look at McDonald's and Wendy's and they have the dollar menu. Yeah. You can get almost anything for just a dollar. But when you think about putting that into your body, what it's... Yeah. It's it's just not good. When like people are predisposed to like having a specific set of things that they can buy. If you're making like a certain amount of income, let's say... You're only limited to buying things on the fast fast yeah. food. You don't have access to like those more like nutritious fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. more organic produce, everything like that. That's another thing, like you said, with the produce with, that is like really important with connecting like farms to food pantries because it's coming from a farm. Fruits and vegetables, that's actual nutritious food that we don't want to end up as food waste. So therefore, we can help the those who are food insecure but even just with our um we've been trying to talk to the food pantry and we've had like very difficult time like connecting with them and i think that's something to look into that the food pantry should be resource that is really easy to contact but like we're having like a very difficult time they're only open one day a week so i don't know yeah so like i think like the biggest challenge at this point is communication yeah exactly and trying to like connect these big organizations so that we can work towards one set goal instead of trying to do like Mm -hmm. although what they're doing is really great stuff yeah we can get the best results by connecting everybody and working towards like one common goal because so many people working separately is it doesn't work as well as everyone working together which i think we is what we are trying to do yeah i mean what we're seeing we were tasked with this issue of food insecurity a long time ago in virathon for virathon and we had a hard time kind of wrapping our mind around it. Yeah. How do we tackle this issue? Yeah. Because let's say last year we had the watershed and the health of the watershed. Yeah. The North and South River Watershed Association. Shout out to them. They're awesome. But we <laughs> saw the food insecurity. Like we didn't know exactly yeah. like, who to reach who out to. Who is the person to go to? Because there's so, so many different things that yeah. go into it. So we reached out to Miss Leahy, like we said, and she gave us so much awesome information mm-hmm. But it was only like in the hands of these select few people. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard for us as just normal high school students, people, whatever you will, to kind of access that information to, I guess we're trying to make some change. And we had yeah. a hard time figuring out 
how to. But yeah. now that now that we have this information, we're very excited. Yeah. The next step. With the next step, we're going to be looking at Rockland. Yeah. And what we're doing about food at Yeah. Obviously, these are ideas that can be implemented outside of Rockland. Just generally yeah. what we saw in Rockland that's being done and things that could be done to help mm-hmm. this food insecurity issue. And I feel like when we look at food insecurity as a whole, there's kind of like two ways to go about remediating it. There's the part where we look at how the low income trend leads to a lot of food insecurity and if there's something that could be done to make it easier for families that don't have a lot of income to still purchase food that is healthy and nutritious Mm -hmm. and then we can look at kind of helping the issue of like we said earlier how the food insecurity leads to hunger and all of the things that come with hunger Mm -hmm. the physical symptoms things like that more like food pantries and food drives like that i think like overall is an issue it's that that is a big question like where do you even start Mm. because there's so much that goes into it yeah and i think sometimes i felt like when we were reaching out kind of there's like a stigma around the issue and the data and saying people that have low income have high rates of food insecurity and it's kind of like a issue almost like hush hush like shoved under the rug like not a lot of people want to talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's kind of a sensitive issue one of the things that i thought was very interesting and it's happening right in our community it's called it's an organization called shane gives thanks and right now jefferson elementary school um partners with them the high school and memorial um we have three elementary schools in Rockland. one only one of them is implementing this program and our middle school and our high school yeah the high school and memorial park are thinking about hopping on board which i think would be amazing yeah but basically this organization they they're based out of carver and it was started by a little boy and what they do is so the principal and the adjustment counselor from jefferson every week they drive up to carver and they fill up their cars with bags and bags full of food and when they get back to the school there's a group of students and they get this food and they take it home for the weekend. Otherwise, they might not have food for the weekend. And when I like heard this fact, it kind of like almost like broke my heart because we obviously found out food yeah. insecurity is an issue. But down to the elementary school level where when the kids leave the school, they get breakfast and they get lunch. Yeah. And then after that, it's kind of like, okay, you're on your own. Yeah. And seeing something like this where thinks about the health of the child beyond school yeah, is kind of interesting. Like, it- going beyond the just free and reduced lunch like to actually have to provide food for like home life that's i feel like a whole another step that i totally didn't even think of being a possibility in rockland but the fact that it is happening it is kind of crazy to hear think about our community like literally happening here and i don't think any of us knew that before another thing that we found obviously rockland has a food pantry um, I think that's a good resource for families that, like, during the week, they can't have a hard time getting that food to make dinner. But one thing I thought was kind of interesting, they're only open one day a week. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we don't know the exact details of how it works and everything. But I thought, like, a resource like that would be much more accessible throughout the week, kind of, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Um Another thing we found was the St. Vincent de Paul, which is based out of Holy Family. They have a service for emergencies. Well, they will deliver food to families that 
are food insecure, which I thought was great because sometimes in those emergencies where the necessity for food becomes even more emphasized, it's just that much more important to have the food and that organization is doing an amazing job providing it for those families that can't provide for themselves. Another thing that is really cool that we discovered. So our adjustment counselor and the nurse have this joint fund. What money do they put into it? I don't know exactly where the funds necessarily come from, but I think what they do with it is very, very, very cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just for do students... Yeah, if students or families, if they ever are really, really in trouble, they Mm -hmm. can't buy their own food. They, almost like the St. Vincent de Paul, like emergencies like that, Mm -hmm. they'll provide them with money to go and to get that food. Especially with it being the adjustment counselor because she works directly with those people and Mm -hmm. like can also provide like help. Yeah. Feel like he, what a woman. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of an amazing resource to have in the school right there because I think that's almost something you would think about like on the huge like national level Mm -hmm. like the organization feeding america but that's right here in our school like if someone had a real real issue they could go and get that help that they needed which is something i think is awesome Mm -hmm. and i think hopefully we'll be able to do some work with organizations like that i think that's what we're trying to do now that we know all of these things that people are doing definitely trying to get involved in them Mm -hmm. and it sinks that like it took this much like research to find out about them because i think a lot of people would be interested in helping but you were talking about earlier trying to reduce the stigma yeah just getting into it one other thing we saw there was an article i can't remember who exactly published it but there were like five steps to reducing food insecurity and the first one was donating donating to feeding america and i think when we think about not thinking about just inside rockland organizations like that that go to the whole entire country mm-hmm. and help i think that's more helping like from the other side, like those low-income families having the issue of buying nutritious food, I think it's more on that scale. I think with a lot of us, when we hear hunger, we immediately go to third world countries. And mm-hmm. like, it's so prevalent actually within your community, not so much with hunger, but the where it comes from with the food insecurity. And you don't really, that's not your first thought. Yeah. Like it is right here. Mm-hmm. The cafeteria manager? Adele Leonard. What a woman. She does it all. You can the queen find of her. The calf. You can find her in the middle school. You can find her at Essen. You can find her anywhere there's a cafeteria in Rockland <laughs> public schools. She also has a farm. That was a cool resource that we could look at because not only is she someone that is involved with the food in our school, but also she is a farmer. She kind of sees both sides of mm. it. Um, we talked to her about earlier when we were talking about connecting farmers with food pantries she said that they don't often have surplus but when they do uh they do take it to the food pantry which is awesome and I think that yeah we that's i think that's cool. a great resource idea itself mm-hmm. Almost, and it can go beyond the farm restaurants schools taking that extra food waste mm-hmm. insert link to past podcast <laughs> taking that food waste and finding another purpose for it and something that would help remediate the food insecurity issue yeah. that we have. So I thought that was cool. There was this article and it kind of like blew up online and it was about, it was from Indiana and this co- company program called Cultivate Culinary. They were taking schools that had a lot of food waste from their lunches and breakfasts, things like that. They would take that prepared food that never got eaten 
and they would repurpose it into meals, frozen meals that kids almost like Shane gives thanks. They could take home for the weekend or for the night and have that as their meals because they were food insecure. And um, I thought it was really interesting. And I was kind of happy to see like the popularity it got online, Mm -hmm. helping to raise awareness for this issue. But I wish that like, I thought it's such a great idea and I wish that there was some way. I wish they weren't based out of Indiana. (laughs) I wish we could get them here and work with Adele. Yeah. Taking, I mean, taking all the food waste that we have and I think that's one of the best resources for going right back to the community. Yeah, I think it's really important going beyond the scope of our community, seeing what we can do within our own community and kind of like branching out, have more of on a national level because this is a really big concern for like the whole country. Like especially what we saw with that statistic, 50%. Yeah. Essentially half. Mm-hmm. Coming up with solutions in our own towns is really good, but seeing how we can take what we've learned from those experiences and kind of making a more large-scale effort yeah. to remediating the issue in the country. And the same for the reverse, seeing what other states and what yeah, they're doing throughout the country mm-hmm. and taking those ideas and implementing them in our own community. I think it honestly like it goes both ways and it's a great kind of idea yeah it's just a matter of building up those communications collaboration is really important if we just compartmentalize the issues and keep them concentrated to one area it's great that it's happened like a select few but it's the matter of outreach and getting everybody involved yeah i think a, a problem where we can start is like the education um because because i feel like we're not informed enough um, I barely knew about the food pantry growing up and I would always remember going, you know, with my mom to this supermarket and they'd have this little, I don't know, bucket or something. Yeah. It would be like food pantry. And I'm like, Oh mom, what's that? She's like, uh, it's a thing. <laughs> cool. I like things. Um, and I didn't really learn much yeah. about it. It's just. I also think that kids should be more involved with... I mean, it's hard to deal with the problems, but I feel that we should talk about them at least a little yeah. um, as far as the free or reduced lunches or whatnot. Why it's important to keep in mind that you can't really waste your food much because there's other people in need. We found, after we spoke with Adele also, about our own cafeteria, there's minimal high school uh, food waste they used to have a bucket sometimes and it would probably only get half so that's not that bad but she also said the most um, within our area is usually found to be like the middle school it's just a lack of respect or understanding because she said usually um, it's kids go into the secondary lunch and they see the pizza they're like, okay, let's go get this. But they realize midway through, main lunch is better. So they end up just like throwing the pizza into a milk crate, which I thought was, of course, interesting. But I feel like it's a lack of respect and also education. I feel like if they're more informed, they wouldn't be doing that as much. Yeah, what Lizzie said earlier, saying that we had to do all this research, just merely like rape the surface of this issue within our own community just goes to show like how little this issue is represented and how it's not transparent. There's so much going on beneath the surface of our community. 
And I feel educating about our environment and the people around us is really key in starting to make those changes. And granted, trying to access this information, sometimes it's not information that people necessarily want to publicize, to have this information out about Rockland, about Rockland High School. But sometimes that's necessary to make the changes that need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think through (laughs) any research we've ever done, it's been a continuity that people have no clue what is going on. It really does start with education for every issue that we've talked about ever. All right. So next, we are going to head into 30 Seconds with Zach, who has returned from his absence last week. How's track going, Zach? It's pretty good. I'm improving a lot, actually. That is great. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for 30 seconds? Uh, sure. All right. On your mark, get set, go. I've recently discovered organic food to be a lot more healthy um, as an option because before I ne- I'd eat like um, fast food, whatnot. And I mean, Taco Bell, dude, I could totally down Taco seconds. 12 pack. But now I'm starting to have like stomach issues, really, <laughs> but not not like... Five Not seconds. Like okay. Um, but my point is, uh, like, I've started eating a lot more nuts and stuff. And uh, it's and cool. time. Awesome. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> started eating nuts, yeah. Um, but I want to check out, like, Whole Foods and stuff. I want to broaden my horizons. I think that that is great. I also just came into the realization of organic food and all its wonders. Oh, I before I forget, I want to talk about um, when I talked with Adele. She was saying how she doesn't do the farmers market anymore because they're starting to charge people for spots in huh. the farmers market, so it's not like free anymore. I don't know why I just related that. Well, I mean it's organic food. Yeah, um, I yeah. think yeah. I mean it's on the topic of the issue of getting organic food to those people with food insecurity the rockland farmers market happens right at the town hall literally right in the center of town now that they're charging it's harder for those organic farmers the nutritious food to get in there and especially um farmers don't make a lot usually uh, and they work usually a full-time job working the field it's especially the bigger you get the longer it's going to take obviously so you know when when they're growing crops like that and the yield is slow or whatnot. They don't have a lot of influx of cash. Of course, they sell it to customers, people who request it. But when you're just trying to give it to the public in like a farmer's market, it can be hard to broaden your horizons. Um, in addition to... I think it makes things a lot harder because when they start charging a feed, even set up a stall, kind of like pushes farmers to want to make their prices go up getting that access to that really good nutritious organic food overall is tends to cost higher which is again really difficult for like food insecure low-income people to take part in thanks for listening tune in next week to hear more about lizzie and hannah and tyler's trip to europe and that has not been chosen yet so we're gonna leave you hanging yes leave you guessing all right Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you.